This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Your Radio Doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, products, physicians, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on Your Radio Doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm always striving to live my healthiest life, so I need a health plan that has my back. With Independence Blue Cross, I get access to the largest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free virtual doctor visits 24-7. Plus, with premiums as low as $0 per month, I can stay on top of my health and keep my budget in check. Independence has given me coverage I can count on, and they'll do the same for you. Learn more about your coverage options at ibx.com. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Saturday afternoon at 5. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or ten months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good evening and welcome to your radio doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Well, we finally have some nice weather and well into spring. So people are starting to get ready for bathing suit weather. But let's turn away from those fad diets on social media and get into shape with a healthy, sustainable plan to manage your weight. Then you can go bikini shopping. We are always happy to welcome the return of our friend, Emily Rubin, licensed dietitian and registered dietitian nutritionist who wears several hats. She's the director of clinical dietetics of the Division of GI and Hepatology at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. She's also the Chair of Public Relations for the Philadelphia Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Welcome, Emily. Always great to have you. Yes, thanks so much for having me. Of course. I'd like to start with a basic question because probably the most common way, and you can tell us, one of the old-fashioned ways of uh, losing weight is calorie counting. So let's begin with the recommended number of calories a day for men and women. So yes, calorie counting is the most important. It's not even the old way. It's that's what it comes down to when it comes to weight loss is a calorie deficit is what you what you need. So in terms of a, a simple calculation to figure out how many calories you should be eating a day would be if you take your current body weight or the weight that you want to be, let's say you want to be 150 pounds, then you multiply that number times 10 and that would be 1500 calories a day to be 150 pounds. That doesn't include activity or metabolism or anything else. It's just that's the basic calculation for, for both men and women. That's fascinating. I didn't realize it was that easy. I thought you had to base it on the current weight and how much, you know, your goal weight and that sort of thing. So that's pretty easy for people to remember. Take your goal weight and multiply that by 10. Right. There's a lot of different variations of that. Though. Mm-hmm. For instance, I have some you know, patients that might be eating 3000 calories a day and they want to be, you know, 15, they want to be 150 pounds. So that calculation wouldn't necessarily work for them. Mm-hmm. That the biggest recommendation is if you decrease your calories by 500 a day. So if I would put that on a 2,500 calorie diet, even though that's high calorie, they would lose weight because, uh, 3,500 calories equal one pound. So 500 a day would be, you know, times do that, um, 
30, you know, 3,500 calories. So that's something worth repeating as we go through the show. And in our wrap up, simply remove 500 calories a day. So what would, give me an example, like a can of soda, maybe 500. I don't know. Again, people don't really understand what calories are. So, you know, with my patients, I'm going to tell them to read a food label. So like, for instance, let's say they choose to have a bagel with cream cheese in the morning. The bagel could be um, about 400 calories and that could be equivalent to four to five pieces of bread, mm. regular bread. And then you do full fat cream cheese could be anywhere from 100 to 200 calories for two tablespoons. But let's say you substitute that with like an English muffin, that would be 150 calories. And then you get whipped cream cheese, which has more air. So that would be 50 calories. And now you're already there saving 200 to 300 calories just in your breakfast meal. And that's why people need to see you or a licensed dietitian because you come up with these nuances. So the person doesn't feel deprived. I think that's the other thing that gets people off track is they feel deprived and they say, that's it's my birthday or it's going to be my birthday. So I can just go ahead back to the bagel or the can of soda because I've been a good girl this week. Mm -hmm. And and obviously if it is your birthday or it is Christmas or it is Easter or whatever holiday (laughs) it may be, I want you to eat that piece of cake and I want you to bagel or whatever treat you may want. The whole point is, what are you going to do the next day? It's it's what you do every day, not what you do seven times a year, 20 times a year. It's getting back on track. And that's the hardest part. And that's the psychological part where people are like, oh my God, I cheated this day. So now I'm just going to eat whatever the next day. Yeah. I just can't do it. So what the heck? Yeah. Right. Like, like any habit. Balance. And, that, and that's what you're really looking for because you don't want deprivation. And that's the the one thing that I've always focused on when my patients come, I never tell them exactly what they need to eat. They tell me what foods they like. And then I devise a meal plan to make the healthy substitution so they don't feel like they're being deprived. Yep. The food's good. And then it's just part of their lifestyle. Sure. So I guess the other big question is, what is the number of calories that a person should consume a day to, and you're saying eliminate 500, whatever you're doing now, eliminate 500. But what goes through my mind as a GI doc is the number of patients I've seen through the years who get gallstones. So you and I know that, especially since you're our dietitian in GI and hepatology, if you go below a certain calorie count, that's my question, your gallbladder says, eh, they don't need me because we think of liver makes bile, bile breaks down fat. But your gallbladder is such a good guy that it really participates in everything every time you eat. So it's going to jump in and say, hey, I'm here to help just in case. So the less you put in your mouth and eat, the the less activity your gallbladder has, it gets a little somnolent, a little lazy, and the, the bile or the fluids become sludgy and bumps your wrist for stones. I just remember there were fad diets in the 80s that we studied. I was, believe it or not, I was a nutrition fellow. And... Um, we we studied all the fad diets of the time, and there was one out there that was, I think I'm sure it was fewer than a thousand calories a day. And these people were getting gallstones for that very reason, because the gallbladder was asleep. And um, right. is there a certain right. magic number that you say, please don't go under this count? Yeah. So it's under anywhere under a thousand calories a day, even 800 calories a day. I mean, that being said, if you're just doing a typical weight loss program, you don't want to lose more than, you know, one to 2% of your weight. So again, if you're 200 pounds, you don't want per week. If you're 200 pounds, you don't want to lose more than one to two pounds per week. But again, there's lots of different weight loss programs. For instance, there's, you know, um, physician supervised um, liquid diets. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're Provised, you know, that's fine. There's also, you know, patients who have bariatric and weight loss surgery. So you're going to see a lot of weight initially. But then again, you need to monitor that. And the other thing is the biggest thing, which we probably should get to too, is all the different, you know, the um, 
the Ozempic, the Wegovia, I actually call them the Kim Kardashian medications, all these weight loss medications that are indicated for type 2 diabetes, not for Kim Kardashian, that we're seeing these large amounts of weight being lost. And again, there's side effects with that. Yeah. So that's why needs- if, if people are on weight loss plans, there are certain foods that decrease the risk of gallstones. And the things that come to mind are things that you recommend people eat. High fiber foods, fruits and veggies, especially beans and peas and refined carbs. Carbohydrates are not evil. It's just you want to stay away from the refined desserts and right and uh, fried foods. And, mm-hmm. and like if you do you know, whole wheat pasta or whole grains, mm-hmm. fiber you have, you feel more full, so then you eat less. Mm-hmm. So speaking of more feeling fuller, the large volume eating is another thing we're seeing trend on social media. Let's talk about that for a second. Large volume eating doesn't necessarily always bother me because again, if you're going to eat, if you feel hungry and you want to eat a lot because mm-hmm. people are hungry, eating, you know, big amounts of salads um, with lettuce and cucumber, they, you know, they have no calories in them. My concern with getting used to eating large amounts of food in general is, you know, it, your stomach is going to be bigger. So you're always going to be used to eating those large amounts of food and eating large amounts of quote unquote rabbit food like salad that gets old really quickly. So you don't want to get, you know, be eating those foods all the time. That being said, it's good to have, you know, a salad at every meal to feel full. But you definitely want to eat, you know, more fruits and vegetables and whole grains to feel mm-hmm. large volume is not, you know, my favorite concept of, of eating. No. Another trick what you could do is because a lot of people think that they're hungry, but their bodies are truly thirsty, is to drink an eight ounce glass of water, you know, about thirty minutes before you eat, and mm-hmm. that will make you eat less. And that's a recommendation for weight loss surgery patients, and it should be a recommendation for our typical patients that are losing weight, you know, on a diet plan mm-hmm. alone. So we look at the trends on social media. And one of the things we read about is the lion diet or the carnivore diet. I don't know. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, so I watch you know, all these people using it for like autoimmune conditions and inflammation, which is not, again, my favorite terms anyway, because it's so generalized. Um, but it's just beef, salt, and water for like weeks at a time. I mean, that sounds absolutely horrible. Where's the vitamin C? Are you going to wind up with scurvy? You know, are you going to wind up with, you know, no fiber? Are you going to be deficient? Are you going to have um, no potassium? Are you going to have muscle cramps? And they keep on adding more salt and more meat. It just a- makes absolutely no sense. There's no reason behind it. Um, again, it could increase, you know, your, your cholesterol, it could give you poor fatigue, constipation. There's no reason to follow any diet like that. And that's probably the most restrictive diet. At least the carnivore diet gives you any kind of meat yeah. to eat. Mm-hmm. Keto diet gives you a couple different food groups, but this was just one or two foods. And I guess if you eat a lot of salt and you drink water, it stays, you retain that water and you feel bloated. The hydration, I mean, hydration is important. Life is a balance for any of these topics that we discuss. Hydration is good. You want to be hydrated, especially in the warmer months, because I know you've said we get about 20% of our fluids from our food and the rest we have to drink. How much should we drink a day? And tell us about some of the supplements people are adding to water. Yeah. So this is the newer thought too. So in terms of how much fluids we have, we're back to our weight. If we take our weight Mm -hmm. and we do so again, if we're 150 pounds, uh, we should get 75 ounces of fluid a day. So um, another easily calculation, which averages about, you know, 12 to 13 cups for men and eight to nine cups per women. Mm-hmm. And for one water bottle, like a typical 16 ounce water bottle, which is is two eight ounce glasses. So it's not that much fluid. You know, it's four of them a day would be enough 
you know, um, unless you're sweating or exercising would be enough for you to, to, to stay hydrated. So some of the different packets, which again is also trending is, you know, a lot of people don't like water. So then there's these little like sugar-free packets you can add, which, you know, one of them is fine. A couple of them a day, you know, you know, in lieu of, you know, of having just your regular water, um, what social media was showing is adding like multiple packets a day, which is eating this sugar-free sweetness stuff, which doesn't necessarily, but it might make you crave sweets. Yeah. And then would be they make these little lemon packs, which if you like true lemon or um, just mm-hmm. lemon flavoring, which is just the crystallized lemon, and they have it in a bunch of different flavors, which has no artificial sweeteners, but gives you that taste without, you know, um, adding anything artificial to it. Well, I know they, they talk about chlorophyll drops too. I mean, there's chlorophyll in plants. Eat the plant. Eat the, you know, right? Eat greens. And it can, it's supposed to help with weight loss and detoxing the body. Let's get to the detox word foods don't detox us, right? That's what we have a liver and kidneys for. Right. That, that's very like, uh, again, trendy, um, you know, oh. in the, in the, in the real world, we would just be eating a diet that's made up with fruits and vegetables, whole grains and, and lean proteins and plant-based. That's a true detox, not necessarily taking a food that's going to detox you. All of that is a big red flag and warning. And I guess too, the other big thing here in the background is the microbiome. We're still learning about that. We really don't have an exact science on that, but I can't imagine that that being unifocal and eating just meat or eating an overload of chlorophyll drops or whatever it is, life is a balance. That's why there is no food that's evil in particular, unless you eat too much of it. And then there are, we talk about packets of caffeine or vitamins. We've talked before about vitamin overdosing with A, D, E, and K. We won't get into the semantics of that, but the caffeine, which is ironic because that ends, really, that's a diuretic. Tell us about that. We have a minute left. Getting back to these packets, for every um, drop or whatever that you add or packet of caffeine that, again, is not naturally there, they actually add it to these drops, you have to drink an extra two or, or 16 ounces of water to compensate for the hydration part. It's not only caffeine they're adding to these drops. They're also adding various herbs mm-hmm. like thing and guarana, which actually can cause, you know, increased, may cause increased heart palpitations. Again, they're drops. Like how many are you actually adding? You're doing 20 drops in there. You know, that comes to the whole energy drinks, which have had many warnings. And some of them have even been taken off the shelves because they've caused, you know, heart attacks, heart palpitations, heart failure. So this mm-hmm. is why warning for mm-hmm. If you want to have a regular glass of coffee or a cup of coffee that's got natural caffeine in it, these things yeah. that are dangerous. Oh, I see. And then we have a couple seconds. Rehydration packets. If somebody has a virus or they're a long-distance athlete, they're uh, approved by World Health Organization. Yes. And they're, they're, they're more specific. With these hydration beverages that were originally put out actually for the hangover, but now they're recommended for anybody, you know, GI virus uh, or just GI disease where they're losing fluids and they meet the standards. Meaning what that means is they actually meet the standards according to the sodium and potassium needs that you need from the World Health Organization to hydrate you. Good. Stay with us during the break and we'll be back with Emily Rubin. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. 
At Independence Blue Cross, we believe in giving you the tools you need to pursue your healthiest life. From premiums as low as $0 per month to health discounts and cash rewards, it pays to have coverage with Independence. With the strongest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free 24-7 virtual doctor visits, you can feel confident that quality care is always within reach. Learn more about your coverage options at ibx.com. When Recovery Centers of America at Devon opened its campuses on the main line and in South Jersey, they offered a new approach, local addiction treatment led by an expert, caring team of professionals. RCA has since helped thousands and leads the way in innovative programs and exceptional inpatient and outpatient care, all in a beautiful setting that allows for healing and recovery. RCA answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, 365, including the holidays. All admitted patients and staff are routinely tested for COVID-19. Call now at 1-888-RECOVERY. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like, how can the healthcare industry earn the trust of patients? And what if your health outcomes and access to care weren't defined by your skin color, sexuality, gender, or zip code? At Genentech, we're removing barriers and partnering across the medical community to make clinical research as diverse as the world we serve to ensure communities have access to healthcare. Learn how we are working to make healthcare more equitable at gene.com/askbiggerquestions. Welcome back to your radio doctor. We're learning so much about fad diets and why you need to be careful with Emily Rubin. Emily, it's Celiac Disease Awareness Month. And tell us about the gluten-free diet because you hear people say, hmm, gluten. They pick up uh, a word like that and focus on it and say, let's see if I'm more energetic or if I sleep better or I do better on my test because <laughs> I get that evil gluten out of my diet. Why is that a good or a bad idea? Right. So gluten-free isn't necessarily a healthier diet if you don't, again, do it correctly because some of the gluten-free foods, they add more sodium, they add more fat in order to taste good. So the thinking behind it, again, if you think that you have some GI um, issues related to gluten, the first thing you need to do before you just put yourself on a gluten-free diet per your friend or neighbor or whoever, um, you need to go to a GI doctor and make sure you get a blood test. And then if that comes back positive, like Dr. Ritchie would do, you know, the end Mm. to confirm that diagnosis. Otherwise, if you, there's another recommendation too, where you could just be gluten intolerant, where if you eat a piece of bread or pasta, um, it may cause GI symptoms. Again, fully needs to be ruled out by your doctor. Then once you are possibly gluten intolerant or have celiac disease, it's really important to see your dietitian to follow a 100% gluten-free diet so your symptoms go away and you're totally healed if it is celiac disease. Well, I think two, two things that you brought up that are very important. You may see a doctor and have a negative blood test, but there's a more specific one that's out there now called deamidated gluten peptide. That's a mouthful, but not every primary care or GI doc knows to order that. So that can be positive when the other ones are normal. Or we've had patients, you and I, that have all normal blood studies, but they have a subtle change on their small bowel biopsy. Too much into the weeds, but let's just be absolutely sure you truly have the need to be gluten-free. Because the other thing you always say is those diets are sometimes not supplemented, right? Some of those gluten-free foods. So the point is, see an Emily Rubin. Make right. sure that you're being monitored. If And if you really do need gluten-free, we have to monitor things that uh, certain um, right essential vitamins and elements that have to be followed by a professional. Irritable bowel month. We just passed yes. that in April. Let's talk about the low FODMAP diet. That's another buzz expression. Okay. So, you know, with IBS, you know, once you've been ruled out for celiac and or gluten intolerance, mm-hmm. 
um, then in even both, sometimes people with celiac also have IBS as well once they've been ruled out. Then there's a diet called the low FODMAP diet, which basically there's certain fruits and vegetables and grains when they digest in the small intestine, they cause symptoms like gas, bloating, pain, and constipation. So again, once you've been ruled out by your GI doctor, if you have these symptoms, this diet, it's 80% effective. But the diet is not long-term. It's a it's a four-week elimination diet. So for instance, we want to avoid, let's say, broccoli, cauliflower, apples, nuts, um, onions, garlic. And then what we do is after four weeks, we reintroduce each group of foods and increase the portion over three days. Maybe you'd start the first day a quarter apple, next day a half apple, then a whole apple, and you could actually see your threshold of how much you can eat without having GI symptoms. That being said, a patient coming into me, oh, I've been following a low FODMAP diet for two years. I'm like, two years? Like, that's mm-hmm. not that's not what we do, you know, because again, it's restricting foods. It's, you know, nu- uh, nutrition deficiencies. Are you, are you not getting certain vitamins and fibers and minerals that you need for your body every day to function? There's no reason you need to be following this mm-hmm. for two years. And I wonder how it was, dis- how it was um, associated with irritable bowel syndrome. When I think of irritable bowel, I think of people, as you say, with various symptoms like bloating and difficulty uh, evacuating, but I really think of it as colon spasm. And there are other elements besides, I guess, uh, gassy foods, like too much caffeine, right? A caffeine is going to make your bowel go into spasm and make it crampy and What's interesting with, with, with IBS, I guess, there's a lot of different reasons. You can follow this diet and one day feel great and one day still have symptoms. So what ties into it, A, stress, because like again, 90% of serotonin, which is that hormone that makes us feel good, is produced in our intestinal tract. B, with women, you have menstrual cycle and hormones, which totally affects, you know, right before their cycle, sometimes they complain of constipation or diarrhea, um, lack of sleep. Um, you know, there's a lot of different reasons. Like you said, you know, you know, not just eating right or having a lot of caffeine, not being hydrated enough. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why we have GI symptoms in general that the diet may not yeah. work. But again, overall, when you follow it for that four week, it gives you an idea of what foods may or may not help. Well, I think you just made another great connection because you mentioned that irritable bowel is sometimes associated with stress. Well, guess what? I think so many women are told they have irritable bowel syndrome when, in fact, what is public enemy number one in women's bodies? Progesterone. So every month when estrogen goes up, followed by a rise in progesterone pre-period, women are more likely to be constipated. Maybe not severely, but most women will, after you say that, they say, yeah, I do slow down pre-period. Then when uh, the cycle goes through, period comes, women may have diarrhea or the opposite extreme because progesterone puts your bound to spasm. And if you're, in, it's really holding on, you're going to hold on to your solid waste. You're going to be constipated. And then when the estrogen falls, progesterone plummets. That's why progesterone, that first trimester of pregnancy, makes people sick. It slows us down. On to lactose-free diets because of somebody's um, lactose intolerance. Tell us about that quickly. So lactose is basically an enzyme that your small intestine makes as well. Some people, some days you make more than others. It's not always necessarily all, it's like not an all or nothing kind of thing. It is part of the low FODMAP diet where we would avoid lactose in that diet. Maybe you reintroduce that later. That being said, there's certain products out there. For instance, hard cheeses like cheddar, provolone, Swiss. There's actually no lactose in the cheese because lactose is a sugar. So if you pick up any food label and you look at the carbohydrates and then look at the sugar of a cheese product or any dairy product, if it has zero sugars in that product, it has no lactose. So that's been such an eye-opening for a lot of my patients. I'm like, oh my God, I could eat cheddar cheese for the first time. I never thought I could eat that. 
And then, for instance, there's like the lactose-free milk, there's soy milk, almond milk. With those lactose-free products, they add the enzyme to it to, to help you digest it. Again, sometimes people that are severely lactose intolerant, even lactose-free milk may bother them because it's not enough of the enzyme to help break down that sugar. Yeah. So just like glucose, when you when you hear a word that ends in OSA, glucose, fructose, lactose, lactose is a sugar, and you need a chemical in your body with that ends in ACE, ASA, lactase. So if you are a Mediterranean, this is like 75% of Mediterraneans and probably 80 plus percent of African-Americans and over 90% of Asian descent are lactase deficient so they don't tolerate lactose. So that's really great to know that certain cheeses are friendly because that opens up a big uh, door for a lot of people. Let's talk about the capsules that say they have all the daily requirements of fruits and veggies. Really? Uh, there's a bunch of different brands where, yeah, basically they're like little capsules filled with like powder or something. Mm -hmm. That's a number one, they're not regulated. So I have no idea what powders in there is. There you go. You know, bananas in there or is it like, I don't know, wheat or something. I mean, who knows what's in that thing, you know? Or the skin of the banana. (laughs) The one thing when you're buying some of these supplements, what helps to regulate, there's a little label called USP. So that has a little bit of a regulation. It's still not FDA. Mm -hmm. You're always going to absorb your vitamins and minerals um, through food, not necessarily these capsules. So, you know, they may help, but again, sometimes, you know, a little thing, a little uh, vitamin, you know, taking in a supplement could actually be detrimental. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to just check off the list here, a few other diets that we see on social media. Baby food diet. Eat a dozen jars of baby food a day. It makes you feel young again. No. My only patients eating baby food diet are A, babies, and B, <laughs> condition, you know, certain GI conditions, maybe gastroparesis, yeah. where they can't, um, you know, or chronic nausea, vomiting, where they just can't, uh, you know, have solid foods. Otherwise, why are we eating baby food? That was what we were supposed to eat growing up. And now these days they recommend you even make your own baby food. But no, there's no benefits to eating that. You want to chew your calories. You want to um, enjoy your calories and and have real food. There's there's no point of that. Again, mm-hmm. there's no protein, there's no fiber. You know, but it's interesting, but baby food is only I don't know if you know this from from zero to one year. It's only used to teach a baby how to like use a spoon and a fork. It's not even that much nutrition. The nutrition primarily comes from breast milk or formula. So like, why are we then going backwards? Um, you know, it's, it's it's not overall healthy. <clears throat> it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. yeah. And it's just again another fad and probably pretty expensive if you go out and buy a dozen jars a day. And and we talked last week about one, the chemical in our bodies that makes us happier, makes us feel rewarded is dopamine. You know, you got to have a little dopamine when you sit down to a meal. You got to say, this tastes good. You don't want to be eating cardboard and shoe leather. I don't know. That's silly of me. <laughs> I ever focus on eating cardboard leather or, you know, grass is if, oh my God, you have an event, a wedding, a party. And I still don't even like this, but it happens. Like you, you mm-hmm. You know, a few pounds even to fit into something that you spent a fortune on. If we have to do it, it's fine. It's just not good for a long time. We could time. increase your exercise too. Just run around the refrigerator a couple of times. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but exercise is really used for weight maintenance. It's very hard to exercise to lose weight alone oh, without yeah, changing. Exactly. Yes. Military diet. Because it takes discipline, it's another interesting suggestion to eat eight to 900 calories a day for three days and then eat normally for four days. Well, what? I mean, right there, what if eating normally in that person's mind is 2,500, 3,000 calories a day? You've just erased three days of torture. <laughs> right. So the 
this is similar to almost like the intermittent fasting where it's like confusing your body. You know, that that's the whole point is your body. If you go on a weight loss plan, you're eating the same thing every day, right. your body gets so sometimes you get that plateau. So that's where that eight or 900 calories and then normally, but again, I don't know what their normal is. The military diet, again, another diet that's restrictive. It's very low in carbohydrates. It's mainly, you know, protein, um, really no fruit, just some, a little bit of vegetables. And, um, again, it's, it's that whole back and forth. And sometimes that's hard to, you know, eat a whole lot sort of, and then you drive into that binge eating where you're eating tons and tons of food on your, whatever your normal day might be. And then going back restrictive, it's just so hard. Like your body needs like to just get used to eating overall balanced and yeah. healthy instead of wonky, you know, sort of, um, diets. Plus you just mentioned another buzzword binge eating because some of these really extreme diets then cause people to have disordered eating or eating disorders. So the cabbage soup diet. Now my husband just made cabbage soup two days ago out of this world, but he puts, the kitchen sink in there, carrots and beans and all kinds of great, you know, it's not just cabbage in chicken broth or something, but the cabbage soup diet, it, it's high in fiber and fluid, but sometimes low in calories and not enough protein or fat, right? Right. You're just not eating, like, okay, your husband made the cabbage soup, but are you eating it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for two months? No. You know what I mean? That That's the whole Yeah. Thing. It gets old. <laughs> I mean, it's great that he's adding more healthy food. So, and again, cabbage is great. Again, it's it's a benefit where it's, again, it's a vegetable. It's going to make you feel full. It has fiber in it. Again, you add more vegetables to it. You got the beans. You got the hydration. Um, but again, it, you know, having it for lunch is great, but not having it for, you know, again, two months of it. It's going to be dehydrating. It also might cause, again, GI issues, bloating, diarrhea. Well, and then finally, we talk about the juice cleanse. Nothing really cleanses your system. You might, especially a juice cleanse, when you think about it, if it helps you empty your bowel, you're going to feel flatter and your pants might fit a little more easily. But the sugars from the juice and the caffeine, and if you have too much, and, and green tea, they're they're really a laxative, right? Kind of like the cabbage soup. You empty out and you say, I'm detoxed. Right, right. The juice cleanse, again, it's 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 almost like a laxative. You have to be careful because they sell these cleanses over the over the counter that have certain supplements in there. They might even have um, large amounts of, like you said, green tea, uh, fiber in them, um, even unhealthy herbs in there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely avoid, again, they've been pulled off the market, the dieters, team, things like that, because the biggest thing is what happens is you cause severe diarrhea, and then it could have an electrolyte imbalance, which might make you have to go to the hospital for IV fluid. So the, these things don't really make any sense. Right. And I think the last pearl here is that the green tea supplements, not green tea itself, but green tea supplements too much can cause liver damage. So let's stop there for a minute. And when we come back, more from Emily Rubin. And now for your real champion, I call this segment, the joy of socks. Tom Costello believes that if you force yourself to do something that scares you, it will make you stronger. Tom used to be afraid of people experiencing homelessness. He describes his fear as homeless phobia, ready to cross the street to avoid a homeless person. Tom's wife, Nancy, had been volunteering at a shelter in Germantown and invited Tom to join her, but he always resisted. Then one day near Christmas, he decided it was the right thing to do. He arrived at the center and had a panic attack, sweaty palms, rapid heartbeat. But keeping his commitment, he joined the effort. His blood pressure fell the minute they were back in the car and locked the doors. On the way home, Nancy mentioned that a podiatrist, a fellow volunteer, said that homeless people really suffer with foot issues and socks are rarely donated. So the next Christmas... 
Tom remembered the story and gave each visitor a pair of socks after their meal. One woman accepted the socks and moved on, then returned to ask for a pair for a friend. Only this time she looked Tom right in the eye and said, no one has ever given me socks before. She began to cry. Tom began to cry. Then she reached out to hug Tom. And in that moment, he returned the hug, realizing he had never touched a homeless person before. On the way home that day, he returned to his wife, Nancy, and said, I'm in. And the joy of socks became a reality. The mission? To provide joy and health to those experiencing homelessness by giving them new socks. Tom's an adjunct professor at Chestnut Hill College, and his students helped with the first sock collection. The college PR manager landed him an interview on Channel 6. Then the Philadelphia Inquirer shared the story on the eve of Thanksgiving. That led to inquiries from 16 states, with others asking how they could start their own chapters. A week later, an appearance on an evening talk show brought a donation of $2,000. The reach now extends to 34 states and nine countries. Sock drives are held at schools, service clubs, churches, colleges, businesses, then distributed to shelters, soup kitchens, clinics. It started as a small project in his garage then a storage unit, and now in a warehouse with 3,000 square feet, space donated from a generous friend. Socks are donated, and with monies received, more socks are purchased. Socks are separated from men, women, and children and put on shelves. In the past, the team would deliver socks, but now, since COVID, the third Saturday of each month is the day when shelters come to pick up the socks. And the reach is well beyond Philly, Socks go to shelters across the country and around the world, England, Uganda, Afghanistan, Ukraine. Tom will be speaking at the St. Dennis School in Havertown this week. He'll share this message. Many people experiencing homelessness will put plastic bags on their feet to keep them dry in the rain and snow. Unfortunately, the plastic also makes feet sweat, become damp, toes get frostbite and need to be amputated. He'll ask a couple of students to put plastic bags over their hands and fasten them with rubber bands. Then a teacher will put plastic bags on his or her feet and place them in ice water. The students' hands will begin to sweat, and the teacher will better understand what the man in North Philly feels when he steps off a curb into slosh. He has no home and no socks. Another man wore the same socks for weeks. His feet became so infected that the doctor needed a scalpel to remove the socks and prevent gangrene. Tom was especially moved by a man he met at St. John's Hospice. He greeted the man and said, Hi, I'm Tom. In return, the visitor said, I'm Nate. Thank you for saying your name, and thank you for not looking through me. Tom is the pebble, which has led to countless wonderful ripples. He's changing lives, not just of the grateful people in need, but also with the new outlook on life appreciated by the sixth grade girl or the member of a dance class who volunteers. Tom recently met a 16-year-old boy who heard him speak about Kensington. After the teen handed out socks, he was truly convinced of his own good fortune and said, I have a family, I have a home. Yet these people were saying thank you and God bless you to me. Now in year 13, the goal is to reach 1 million pairs of socks given by this fall. We salute you, Tom Costello, your real champion. Friends, you can donate new socks, money, or your time as a volunteer. Visit thejoyofsocks.com.
website tjos.org. That's the joy of socks, tjos.org. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. I'm always striving to live my healthiest life, so I need a health plan that has my back. With Independence Blue Cross, I get access to the largest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free virtual doctor visits 24-7. Plus, with premiums as low as $0 per month, I can stay on top of my health and keep my budget in check. Independence has given me coverage I can count on, and they'll do the same for you. Learn more about your coverage options at ibx.com. When we ask questions, we make sure they're the big ones. Like when it comes to diseases, can we strive to treat, prevent, and even reverse them? And how can we make healthcare more effective and more affordable? These are the types of questions that can help impact the lives of so many patients, that help push the boundaries of innovation and healthcare for all communities. At Genentech, we are the pioneers of the biotech industry, tackling some of the biggest questions in healthcare. Learn more at gene.com slash askbiggerquestions. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, now Saturday afternoons at 5, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. And we're back on Your Radio Doctor with Emily Rubin from Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. Emily, we've learned so much about fad diets, and one of the things that's one of those easy conversations you hear people having is about shots, a shot of apple cider vinegar every day adding turmeric to your diet. Let's talk about the ginger shots. Does ginger really help us? No, it was interesting when you originally said shots. I don't know if people were thinking like alcoholic shots, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did just have Senko de Mayo, but no. (laughs) Anyway, so um, so, so again, this is again, these easy quick fixes. If I do this one shot, I'm totally going to cure me of my autoimmune disease and make me feel 100%. So ginger, again, has had a lot of great uh, medicinal um, recommendations where it can help with nausea, um, vomiting, but now they're putting them in a shot and they're adding ginger and they're adding coconut water, lemon juice, but then they're adding pepper to it. Now, again, if you have reflux or just, you oh. know, to be drinking, you know, a large amount of cayenne pepper, I would think would make, you know, coughing and not feel great. So the whole point is if you want to do it, you can make it yourself instead of buying it because buying it shots again are expensive. You don't know what's in them. But yeah, adding the coconut water is great. It's going to give you uh, potassium, you know, a little bit of the lemon juice and again, adding, you know, ginger is definitely helpful. Mm-hmm. So it helps with nausea and vomiting. But for Pete's sake, if you have nausea and vomiting and it doesn't go away, before you get the ginger shots, call your doctor. Why, why are you having nausea and vomiting? You know, you, you know, you're taking this before you go on a boat. You know what I mean? Like that would be yeah. an airplane, like the emotion sickness, that would be great. Um, but if you, if you don't know what your underlying symptom is of your nausea and vomiting, which as we know, being in GI, there's a hundred different conditions it could be. Yes, please mm-hmm. see your doctor. Mm-hmm. So apple cider vinegar, I mean, my patients have asked me about that and I say, you know what? Let me connect you with Emily because I, I, I try not to go into too much detail because, again, I'll let you take the stage here. Yeah, so apples again, it's been around for hundreds of years and, you know, it's linked to now, oh my God, if I do apple cider vinegar, I'm going to lose weight. And the reason why is because when you drink this particular product, it actually slows down the emptying in your stomach. So the food sits there. What does that cause? Some GI issues. But not only can apple cider vinegar cause GI issues, it also could take the erosion off your teeth. Um, it can cause some nausea. It can also interfere with some of your medications. 
So if you're going to do apple cider vinegar, the best way to do it is to make it like a salad dressing, you know, add a little bit of um, olive oil and apple cider vinegar to make a nice dressing versus taking it as a shot. And more than 25 grams, which is, you know, equivalent to, you know, eight ounces or so, you know, throughout the day can actually cause, um, you know, again, a lot of these GI symptoms, which is the nausea, decreased appetite, um, teeth erosion, reflux. Yeah. And and I think it's interesting for people to hear that, of course, the the apple cider vinegar, maybe it helps with weight loss because it's slowing your motility. So when you take a bite of bread or a sip of juice, we want the traffic in your GI tract from mouth to the outside world to go at the speed limit of 55 miles an hour, the way it's supposed to. And if we slow it down to 25 miles an hour, we call that in our world gastroparesis. Paresis for our listeners. So paralysis means stop. You can't move your arm. It's paralyzed. Paresis means you can still move it, but you're just not as strong. So gastroparesis means your stomach receives a meal, but it doesn't empty it at the speed limit. It's emptying it more slowly. So you feel full longer. And that's why you get the nausea and people. Yeah. And so gastroparesis can come from a lot of reasons. And when we hear a patient talk about symptoms, we can usually tell, you know, I can name that tune in three notes. I can tell within a sentence or two when somebody has that. So that's a really important takeaway for our listeners. If you take apple cider vinegar in quantities that are too large, you can really wreck your motility. Maybe not permanently, but the longer you mess with muscle uh, motion, the more likely you are to, to stretch it out and cause issues. So an erosion of teeth enamel, that's another really important one. But I guess the more the most acute issue with this, <clears throat> it could interfere with medicines for diabetes, your digoxin, now more likely known as lenoxin, and certain diuretics. So let's on to turmeric. And so turmeric, again, that's been, you know, Chinese herb that's been around for a million years at this point. And it has a lot of anti-inflammatory benefits, you know, may help arthritis, IBD. There's, they actually have done some IBD studies with it, diabetes, heart disease, arthritis, all of those kinds of things. The issue is if you take, again, too much of it and we don't know if it's regulated, it has lots of side effects. So it could limit your iron absorption. Um, it could lower your blood sugar too low. Again, interfering with certain medications. It could cause kidney stones. And we're looking at the nausea, diarrhea, headaches. But the biggest study that came out that I actually just learned recently from um, conference that I was part of that Dr. Halegua, our hepatologist, discussed was there's a few studies now. It's linking it to um, acute and chronic liver failure. And it's people taking large doses of this turmeric tied in with pepper. They now advertise it with pepper or cracked pepper. And I guess the combination of the two actually can put you in a full kind of um, liver failure. Oh, my gosh. I wonder how that happens. I wonder what the, you know, we know that, say, apple cider vinegar, too much of it can slow your motion. I wonder what it connects with to confuse your liver. Well, I think it's just an herbal supplement that's not regulated that when it, you know, all of these supplements are metabolized mm-hmm. through the liver, the liver's like, I can't handle this herb, you know, in a large amount. And it, that's, I mean, any, or any herb, any actually medication could actually put you at risk for liver failure, taking too much or just not, you know, if you have an interference, but taking, this is the biggest issue again with the green tea, we've had multiple patients get, um, a couple of them actually have liver transplants because of, you know, the, the large amounts of the green tea extract. And now we're now seeing this with the turmeric because this stuff is, is advertised in all the social, social media outlets where take this and you're going to be totally healed from your disease. Let me take turmeric instead of taking, you know, my arthritis medicine or my IBD medicine. No, that, you know, any of these supplements are always supposed to be in conjunction diet and medication, never in lieu of. Do you think, Emily, looking at the whole chessboard, and I'm not faulting people, I think there's this subliminal message that we've fallen into as a culture that 
I want it now. I want it five minutes ago because just about anything you want, whether you want a new dress delivered to your door tomorrow or a meal delivered in an hour that, that we're more likely to look for a quick fix with dieting. Because when I was younger, I think I was a teenager, people talked about the grapefruit diet. If you eat X number of grapefruits a day or whatever has come along through the years, are people thinking, you know what, <clears throat> I can get the answer with Google, but but more in the bigger picture, there's no delay in gratification. I want to lose weight and I want to push the a difference button. now versus years ago, which we were the, uh, before any of that's even me, you know, before social media era is have somebody mm -hmm. on social media taking turmeric or taking apple cider vinegar or taking green tea and showing before and after pictures and everybody thinks so is real. Yes. So that's the thing. Now you have that push now because you see, and as you know, half of it, I would say 80% of it's probably fake. I don't know what the studies say, but you know, you're showing these before and after pictures, even like the lighting when people show things too, like, you know, you could change the lighting. Even my boys will, will, will I have twin boys who are into exercise, but you know, we'll see these, these men that are all like into, with muscular and the boys are like, they don't really look like that in person. It's all about the lighting. So Right. that's the problem too. And, and you can actually alter people's bodies by, you know, photo chopping and whatever they, they do and making people look thinner, the waist, you know? Um, so that's, it's the before and after and it's 24 seven. And once we have this conversation on my social media, now all of it's going to pop up, you know, they, they're listening to us. So it just makes it, um, it makes it really hard. And I'm sort of glad I'm not in that era. I don't know if I could have functioned. I don't know how the kids are doing it now or, or people now, but it's the quick fix and it's not the right thing. No. And I think, uh, you know, you hit on so many important things because it's subliminal. People are being influenced and they don't even realize it. Yes. Right. Actually a condition now called, I didn't even know about it, part of the eating disorder, which I know you got a specialist on a few weeks ago, but it's bigorexia. <laughs> so it's people who, again, it's the overtrainers who are, again, the, the guys or even women who knows that are bulking up, taking extra supplements, you know, restricting their, you know, doing these very restrictive military kind of diets and, and no carbohydrates. Um, also altering where in terms of they'd rather go to the gym than be social with their family, friends, like it's become 24 seven because they want to look a certain way. And it's actually can be very unhealthy. It can cause muscle breakdown versus, you know, increasing muscle. It's a, it's a new eating disorder. There's a whole spectrum of them now. Well, and as you say about muscle breakdown, we know of the condition called rhabdomyolysis and you break down your muscles because you're asking them to work too hard and that can cause kidney damage. It just goes on and on. And so then we right, add right. the layer of <clears throat> the big conversation now is AI, artificial intelligence. And I saw, <clears throat> I'm not being pinkies up here, but I really never did social media before I started my radio show when I simply post on social, hey, this week we're going to be talking about eating disorders or fad diets. And I see what's on social media. <clears throat> and I saw a little clip the other day of a little child who was maybe two, maybe three, saying, Mommy, I'm really disappointed in you, or using words that are just a little bit above what you'd expect. And her words, her mouth is, apparently it's not, her mouth isn't moving and saying, I want candy. And the the sound is saying, I'm disappointed because you left me to go to work or whatever the message was. Is that AI? I mean, is has that video used AI to make that child seem so, I don't know. Right. You, you don't know what's real and, what, and, what, and what's fake. I thought we were getting at, I'm disappointed in you because, you know, the kids are telling their parents, oh, you know, you're, you're overweight or you're not eating the right food. You know, they, they start these sort of, you know, eating behaviors early in from birth, you know, of how to eat a certain way and what they're seeing in their friends. And again, we're seeing the eating disorders earlier and earlier. Um, it's just very, you know, it's just, it's, it's very tough. Yeah. And that's why our psychologist a few weeks ago said, 
we're not going to talk to children about losing weight. We're going to frame it as you'll feel better or you'll have more energy if you go with this plan, right? There's a way of framing it so that we don't upset the child, the middle school girl or boy, right? Right. There was a big trend. So being like the snack mom and bringing the snack to the to the, to the sporting events or, you know, the, the cupcakes in school, they totally eliminate all of that. You're not to bring any cupcake for their birthday to school. You know, you have to bring in, I don't know, fruit or something allergy free or nothing at this point. And then again, the snacks of the chips and crackers. And I was always that, um, I actually brought the chips and, and pretzels and things. I didn't always just bring the fruit. I didn't want to be that dietitian mom that just was like that crazy mom that would restrict. And my kids would at one point didn't eat that. Yes, but they actually figured it out recently, and it was part of what my one part of his college essay was from eating so poorly. He didn't, he couldn't perform baseball because he was going to play baseball for college, and he just didn't feel good. <laughs> Damn! So he figured out on his own how to eat healthy, and that's you know about mixing certain fruits and vegetables and you know eating more balanced. So they they do figure it out. It's just they just need the right person to guide them, not social media or the yes, friend. yeah. And I think your body, if you listen to your body, you're thirsty. Your your brain is saying drink more fluid. You crave salty food or sugary food at different points because your body needs it. Just like you're more willing to eat a vitamin supplement or drink a vitamin supplement drink after you've worked out or run. But I do want to keep in mind, I want to tell our listeners to look forward to a show before the school year begins because your adorable twins are going off to college and they're going to take healthy recipes to share with their friends or if they eat in the dorm, they're going to share with everybody mama's good advice. Let's take a little break and we'll be back for a wrap up with Emily Rubin. Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie is presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Hi, my name is Bobby Bunyan, CEO of Recovery Centers of America at Bracebridge Hall. And for today, you're an addiction expert here from RCA. I'm here to talk to you today about how to know if you have a substance abuse disorder. Substance abuse disorders are a condition characterized by the persistent use of drugs and alcohol despite having negative consequences. If you're concerned that you may have a substance abuse disorder or know someone that does, here are some things to look for. First is tolerance, that you need to take more of the substance to get the same effect. The next is withdrawal symptoms. When you stop taking the substance, does your body experience physical or psychological symptoms such as anxiety, irritability, shaking, sweating, nausea, insomnia? Are you neglecting responsibilities? You may neglect responsibilities at work, school, home because of your substance abuse. Are you having interpersonal problems? You may have problems in your relationships with family, friends, coworkers due to your substance abuse. And lastly, are you using despite having negative consequences? Do you continue to use even though it's causing problems in your life like legal issues, health issues, financial difficulties? If you are experiencing any of these signs, it's important to seek professional help. Recovery Centers of America can assess your symptoms and provide guidance on the appropriate treatment options for you. If you or a loved one needs help with drugs or alcohol, reach out to Recovery Centers of America at 833-969-0268 or visit rcaradiodoctor.com. That's R-C-A-R-A-D-I-O-D-R.com. We answer the phone and admit patients 24-7. At Independence Blue Cross, we believe in giving you the tools you need to pursue your healthiest life. From premiums as low as $0 per month to health discounts and cash rewards, it pays to have coverage with Independence. With the strongest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free 24-7 virtual doctor visits, you can feel confident that quality care is always within reach. Learn more about your coverage options at IBX.com. Now, your 
Weekly Prescription, brought to you by Genentech, the science-driven company that pioneered the biotech industry to transform how we treat the world's most complex health problems. And we're in your final segment of Your Radio Doctor this week, our wrap-up, which we call Your Weekly Prescription, brought to you by Genentech. Emily Rubin, you are the best. Always get great advice from our friend Emily, who's a licensed dietitian and um, nutritionist. Emily, what are some good take-home messages for our listeners? We've talked about fad diets on social media. We want to lose weight in a healthy, sustainable way. Right. So first, again, the first thing would be to see a dietitian to really help you figure out what your needs are and how to lose weight. But obviously, that's not always the easiest way or to get an appointment. But then to figure out in terms of calories to determine if you want to be a certain weight, you take your weight and you times it by 10. So that would be the way that you want to be. So again, if it's 150 pounds, it'd be 1,500 Mm -hmm. calories. And another easy way in reverse is if instead of saying, I should take in 1,500 calories a day, how about if I eliminate 500 calories a day and find something you're eating. As you mentioned, a bagel might be 400, 150 cream cheese. If you eliminate that and substitute it with a recommendation from a dietitian, like an English muffin and fluffy cream cheese. But anyway, there are ways to eliminate 500 a day, like a can of soda might be 500 and substitute it with water with lemon in it. And, uh, you're, you're on your way. Mm-hmm. So, another thing is, okay, people don't know what ca- how many calories things are unless they, you know they're tied to. Mm-hmm. So how do you do it? There's so many, I forgot to mention, there's so many different apps out there that you can go on will actually calculate your calories for you. Excellent. So I would mm-hmm. download an app to help you sort of give you an idea. Um, and a lot of times they'll give you like recommendations um, on, you know, what you can and can't eat. You know, or, or telling you, you know, um, you've gone over your calories, under your calories. I mean, you don't want to make it your life, but it is definitely a, g- a good tool to uh, to to keep you going and to um, continue with with uh, with the plan that you're looking for. Yeah, and I think the other way, obviously, is to read labels. But that can be tough, especially if you're shopping with a child or you're up against the clock and you want to go and grab a few things. So I think that's I the app idea is great too. Taking in enough fluid every day, we calculate that by. Yeah, again, we want to. It's it's you take your weight and you divide it in half by how many ounces. So again, about thirteen cups for males, twelve to thirteen uh, females. Um, you know, eight to nine cups a day. Um, again, you might need more fluid again if you're sick. If you're in the summertime and you're and you're sweating a lot, another uh, key is either you can like if you don't like to drink or forget, you can set an alarm on your phone to make sure you you know you get your fluid in every couple hours, drinking before you. Mm-hmm. Also, to make you feel more full, if you're looking at you know some kind of weight loss program, these are ways to get fluids in as well. And our bodies don't need detoxing from a particular diet. If you take good care of your liver and kidneys, and don't be taking herbs and supplements that aren't regulated that can hurt your liver and kidneys, you should be able to detox. Um, and of course, what you always say, life is a balance. You don't want to be unifocal and eat all protein because you're not a lion or all fat quickly. Why do we want a balanced diet? Um, just for overall health. I mean, like the Mediterranean diet, which I think we talked to about in the past, that's a balanced diet. It gives you healthy fats. It gives you protein. It gives you fruits and vegetables, um, things like that. You want that whole balance of diet so you don't feel restrictive. You don't, you know, overeat like that you're, you're binge eating. You want yeah. that whole lifestyle change. So you, you want to enjoy food. It's not about following these restrictive diets. It's getting yeah. a combination of foods and that makes you feel good personal. And again, if you want that personal kind of diet approach, that's what dietitians will provide. And that's why Mother Nature created dopamine. Dopamine makes us happy. And eating 
is a way to survive. So when you eat foods that taste good, your dopamine levels go up and say, do that again, eat that apple with peanut butter on it or whatever it is that is a good balance. And if you have symptoms for goodness sakes, see a doctor. Don't think if you take ginger shots, that's gonna calm your nausea. Let's understand why you have the symptoms to begin with. And or if you begin a diet and you become symptomatic, that's another reason to see a doctor, see a dietitian. because when you talk about examples, Emily, you say, gosh, why didn't I think of that? Well, because I'm not a dietitian or nutritionist. You have so much great, you're an encyclopedia of information and people should tap you or if they don't live near Jefferson, see a dietitian, nutritionist and, and learn about these nuances that can really help you. Yes. You can also look on your, you know, you can call your insurance card because many insurances offer six visits per calendar year, three visits. Telehealth is covered too. There's so many different options out there for you to see, you know, a licensed dietitian um, or registered dietitian, not not the health coach or the nutritionist or the personal trainer from the gym, actually a registered dietitian. Fantastic advice. And with that, we want to invite you back, Emily, with your twin boys to learn how our college students can stay on a healthy diet. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Your Radio Doctor every Saturday at 5 p.m. here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. A special thank you to our sponsors, Independence Blue Cross, Recovery Centers of America, and Genentech. But our biggest thank you this weekend is to our mothers. As for me, I love being a physician, and I really love being Radio Gaga, as my kids call me. But my all-time favorite role in life is being a mother. And being a granny is over-the-top spectacular. Last year, I talked about my own precious mother and my dear mother-in-law. How lucky to have a mother and a mother-in-law to love. And it was on Mother's Day that my mother said her last words to me before she died. Tomorrow, we'll celebrate Mother's Day. So remember to thank your mother for everything she's done throughout your life. Thank your mother, grandmother, your wife. And for those of you who no longer have a mother, thank that person who filled the void by nurturing you and giving you a shoulder to lean on. And if you're at odds with your mother, Think about reaching out and mending fences because someday she won't be there. Remember, there is no one on the planet who did what your mother did for you. She gave you the gift of life. This is your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, wishing you a happy, healthy, and safe week with the ones you love and always here to remind you that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. To contact Dr. Marianne and to listen to today's show as well as past shows, visit yourradiodoctor.com. This program is paid for by Your Radio Doctor, LLC. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Your Radio Doctor and their guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program has been pre-recorded. I'm always striving to live my healthiest life, so I need a health plan that has my back. With Independence Blue Cross, I get access to the largest network of doctors and hospitals in the region and free virtual doctor visits 24-7. Plus, with premiums as low as $0 per month, I can stay on top of my health and keep my budget in check. Independence has given me coverage I can count on, and they'll do the same for you. Learn more about your coverage options at ibx.com.